all of these methods should help you do the same thing, which is achieve your financial goals. Know yourself, invest in yourself, and that will be the key to achieving your goals in 2023. That is going to be the key, I promise you. Welcome to The One Up Project. Money is fuel that that allows you to do things. It doesn't need to be taboo. What you don't want to do is wake up at 65 realising you did something you hated and have regret. Go and find people who will give you advice for nothing. This is a space for personal growth and money chat with new perspectives every Monday. This bit of content, listening to this, is going to be a small little breadcrumb of something that makes you think a little bit differently. For all the things we were never taught but should have been. At the end of the day, the most important person is yourself and if you're not happy with your own choices, then you're never going to be happy. Kia ora everyone and welcome back to another episode of The One Up Project. Today we are going to talk about common budgeting methods and if they would work for you. There's so many different ways you can approach a budget and the best way is going to be whatever way is best for you. But here are some ideas. I want to give you some inspiration about how about what um, common budgeting methods might work for you. And then I also want to do an episode in the future about how to actually stick to a budget. What keeps you consistent? Because it's so important. Like consistency is important above all with everything in life, but especially with your finances. It doesn't matter if you're putting in $500 into your savings every year, but you need to do it consistently. It doesn't matter if you're putting in $5 every year. You've got to do it consistently to find progress. So in saying that, without further ado, if you will, let's talk about it. So I'm basically going to give you a review of some of, some of the common budgeting techniques that I have spoken about on Instagram before. Uh, this has come off the back of my financial plans episode, which was number 158, where we discussed what a financial plan could look like for you. So here's a bit more into the specifics. A budget is a plan about where your money is going. And that's all you need to know, where your money is going. So how can we work that out? Well, maybe through the first method, which is the 50-30-20 rule. You've probably heard of this before. It's one of the simplest budgeting methods around. Basically, the 50-30-20 rule is that that that's how you split up your expenses percentage-wise. So 50% will go into your expenses, 30% to your wants and just general spending, and 20% to your savings. So the the rule essentially means that you are making sure that your expenses no never go above 50% of your pay cycle, your wants never go above 30 and your savings, I guess, never go above. Hopefully, maybe the others go down and your savings go up, but stick around the 20% mark. This is a quite a realistic method um, because it's so simple, so it's so easy to follow and it gives you a lot of breathing room as well. Uh, 50% expenses, I feel like, is a lot of breathing room depending on how much you get paid, of course. And 30% wants, you know, you've still got room to have the lifestyle you want with the least amount of money going towards your savings. But if this helps you remain consistent, then that's going to be the most important thing. A few cons of this rule is that not everyone's budget is going to be as simple as this in the sense that you can't just break it up expenses, spending and savings. Like it's that might not be how it works. You might have other ways that you want to break it up or you want to have a more complex budgeting system so that you can kind of categorize where your spending is and that kind of thing so not everyone wants it this simple you might have the capacity to save more as well in the sense that 20% is too low again you can kind of shift the percentages around to suit you but if you're wanting to just follow a rule then this might be a little bit this might not be suited to what you can 
kind of do what your paycheck allows you. It's also not super personalised and I think that it's probably one of the most important things of a budget for it to be very personalised. This Because it's percentage-based, uh, it's probably also a good one potentially for... Um, for those with inconsistent incomes because it can flow. The only thing is that if your income changes, then what is 50% is going to be different one month compared to another. Uh, and so you might need to adjust for that. Whereas, of course, if you have a secure and stable income, you know that 50% is going to be this every month. So you cannot put any expenses outside of that 50%. My personal opinion on this one is that I think it's a good starting budget for those people who aren't used to organising their finances, need something really simple and easy to stick to. If you're on like a salary, a minimum wage salary or maybe a lower salary, I feel like this could be quite a good one for you because it gives more breathing room with the 50% expenses but also it's really going to be dependent on your lifestyle and your costs as to what actually like that 50% can get you. Obviously if you have a family versus you're a single person, it's going to be completely different and you're going to have completely different allowances. So personalising will be a theme throughout this episode, but that's kind of how I see the 50-30-20 rule. Uh, you can also Google all of these rules if you want to hear more information on them and more examples of how people have used them specifically in their budgeting as well. The next method is zero-based budgeting. So zero-based budgeting is when your income minus your expenses and your savings equals zero. So every dollar is accounted for here in the sense that there's nothing left over. Your expenses plus savings equal your total amount of income. I can see that this doesn't necessarily account for like your lifestyle spending unless you're going to include that in expenses um, so you could break that out if you wanted to categorize it but I suppose this is just the simplicity of it as well that when you're doing it you're adding up you're making sure all of your expenses and your savings equal the income amount you have I think some of the pros of this is that it's just really satisfying to be able to see that no dollar is going unaccounted for and that you are making sure every dollar has a job essentially. This method in my opinion also easily accounts for having multiple income streams because then you can kind of just make sure that the expenses that each income is covering and the savings are like just accounted for solely by that income so I think it makes it easier in that sense. A con of this is that it might be challenging to account for all the varying expenses. So if like your grocery bill goes up one day and down the other, of course maybe not every dollar is going to be accounted for. That might become confusing because you might have to then adjust all the time for it to equal zero and you get more concerned with doing that than just making sure that your income covers what you need it to cover. Uh, and so I think that that makes it just a little bit difficult in the sense that not every expense is going to be the same every month or every week depending on when you get paid. Another con of this is that fluctuating incomes might make this harder because you don't know exactly what's going to make it zero. So any kind of fluctuating things are hard, which is why I don't really like this method. But there's a website called, I think it's called everydollar.com and it uses this budgeting method and I've watched YouTube tutorials of girls using this each month and it's so satisfying. And I think it actually is quite easy to follow and it means that you have to sort of get into the weeds a little bit of your uh, of your finances, which if you're the kind of person that enjoys that, you would probably really enjoy this method because it gives you that quite clear oversight and like satisfaction of almost playing a game of like, okay, how are we getting um, the budget to zero? So you can already see which types of people 
these two different methods we've just spoken about would suit. In terms of the 50-30-20 rule, very simple, going to be good for the starter budgeter who doesn't want to do much like thinking. And the zero-based budgeting is going to be good for those people who are a little bit more maybe experienced in dealing with their finances, find it fun, want it to gamify it a little bit. I think this could be a good one, especially using sites like Every Dollar. The third method is paying yourself first or the reverse budget. So this basically means you're accounting for your savings before your expenses in your budget. So budgeting what's left as opposed to saving what's left. So you get your income, you go, okay, what are my savings first? They're away. Then you go to expenses and spending is just whatever's left after that. And so it's making sure your expenses are always having to fit in to what's left after you've paid your, um, paid yourself in terms of paid your savings account first. And I think this is just a good general rule to have in your budgeting anyway, like saving should be number one priority and expenses should work around that as opposed to this is my lifestyle and I'll save whatever I have after this. So it's goals first versus lifestyle first. So you might not be able to fit in extra clothes this week because your savings goals take up too much of your income if it's a fluctuating income for example and I just think it, it easily helps you prioritize your financial goals in that sense. It's also quite simple and straightforward I think where you are just considering your financial goals as the main thought in this budget like what are your financial goals and then we just make sure that the rest covers the expenses and whatever's after that is the lifestyle you can have. So I think that's quite straightforward way to do it and helps you to prioritize those goals as we were talking about. A few cons of this method from my perspective is that it might take a lot of adjusting to actually make it realistic. It might take a few months of kind of working out what goals allow you to have the lifestyle you still want to have. I mean, you can definitely definitely plan this out where you just run a fake scenario through of, okay, these are our savings, we have our expenses, this much for expenses left, let's list out all of our expenses and the costs of all of those expenses and then work out if we can actually afford that plus like living a life after that. But at the same time, I think all of these are going to require some work to adjust to your own life and to personalize it. I'm a big fan of if you're starting with a budgeting system, starting with one that's going to be really easy and really achievable at first, like easily achievable to the point where you're living quite a good lifestyle and from there, tighten it to a realistic level because that's going to help you stay consistent versus starting off being like I'm saving 80% of my paycheck and I have to live off 20% of it and that leaves you eating literally no nothing (laughs) and not having a lifestyle like that's not what you what you want to do because you're going to stop you're going to be very inconsistent and that isn't going to help you achieve your goals again a fluctuating income might find this one hard uh, because If your saving goals remain consistent but your income doesn't, that means the amount of money you have left to spend on expenses is going to change and so your lifestyle might change week to week or month to month. Again, it's going to depend on each person as to if that's an issue for you or how you work that out. Automatic payments you set and forget and that is based on your budget but coming back to your budget and checking in with yourself is something you need to do consistently as well if you have a fluctuating income especially but even if you don't, making sure that it still fits in with your lifestyle. So say you are a contractor and you get paid differently each week on a Sunday night or whatever, being like, okay, this is how much I assume I'm going to get paid this week or this is how much I did get paid. 
these are my savings goals. I have this much left over. Okay, I need to put $100 less into my investing account this week so that I can afford this car payment or whatever. And keeping up with it constantly is what's going to keep you aware and most interested and most consistent towards your goals. The last method is the barefoot investor or the buckets method. I've read the barefoot investor uh, before and it's a really good book actually. I think there's a lot of, I don't know, people have a lot of opinions on it, but I think it was really straightforward. Definitely more focused towards Australians, but still had a lot of value in there. And I think that he does a good job, the author, of breaking it down in a way that accounts for so many different parts of a person's life. Like the 50-30-20 method, for example, only accounts for expenses, savings, and spending at a high level. But the buckets method actually accounts for so many different things within that which I think helps you if you don't really want to think about what those things might be and just like putting things into buckets so essentially how it works is that you have your blow mojo and grow buckets so blow is for expenses and spending grow is for your long-term wealth and investing and then your mojo is like your emergency funds and it has different buckets within each of these buckets and helps you kind of, I won't go into the specifics because it's quite hard to, I feel like, explain over a podcast for it to still make sense for you to retain the information. But if you Google barefoot investor buckets method um, diagram maybe, it'll come up with the diagram of the buckets and how that would work. So it's basically like works like a tap and the tap is your income and then your income as water goes into all the different buckets starting with the main three as I mentioned before the blow grow and mojo and then within each of those you might have different little buckets so within the blow bucket for example you have short-term expenses and then you have long-term expenses and it just helps you to break up the different parts of your life that you may need money for and kind of have an account for everything And if you're that kind of person that doesn't mind it being slightly more complex in terms of the different accounts but likes having everything accounted for, then this might be a good method for you. I think it is quite good for beginners because it's a fun way to do it. Also, percentage budgeting methods will usually be better for those with fluctuating incomes as you can easily work this out each month or week instead of being like, okay, I'm putting $50 into my investing each week. Well, maybe $50 isn't realistic each week. So you say I'm putting 30% of my paycheck into my investments each week and then it's just like whatever the 30% allows you essentially. And this is a percentage method in terms of you put this percent into this bucket as opposed to a certain amount of money. Uh, So same with the 50-30-20 rule, that's a percentage method and might help in that sense too. The only thing about the percentages with fluctuating incomes is that and this is probably with most, most methods and fluctuating incomes is that you will have to check in to make sure that your income does account for your expenses each time. So if your income goes down and you put 40% towards your expenses, you want to make sure that that 40% can still cover like the expenses you need to cover. Some cons of it is that it's a little bit much to wrap your head around. Like I definitely attempted the buckets method. I set up all the accounts, labelled them all the same ways. And it, I didn't find that I could remain consistent in it just because... I wanted it to be a bit more flexible and adaptable and personalised to me. So what I ended up doing is like changing, kind of keeping the same buckets, but changing the names, deleting some buckets that didn't make sense to me. So some accounts and then personalising it. And that's just going to be an important part of any effective budgeting technique is that it's relevant to your life and your income. It needs to be sustainable for you to remain consistent. And that is going to mean personalising. 
I know this is quite a quick, like a hard and fast overview, but I mean, honestly, if I had gone into each of them in a lot of depth, I think we all would have been bored out of our minds. This just gives you a high level of what each of them is and how and who it might work for. Uh, At the end of the day, you don't need to follow any method. You can just separate your bank accounts into what is meaningful to you and what works for you, and then that can be your method. But the most important thing is consistency and these little tools like having a plan, setting up automatic payments so you don't need to think about it, having a percentages method or a like fixed amount method in terms of you either put 20% into an account this week or $20 into account is going to be important and it's going to depend on your income level, the type of income you have, whether it's fluctuating or it stays the same. And yeah, accounting for all of those things is what's going to keep a consistent, is what is what is going to keep a, a sustainable budgeting system. It's always going to be easier for those with a stable income because you can, you know what it's going to be each month. It's just important for those with fluctuating incomes. I'm one of those people that where we come back to it each month or each time we get paid, we come back and we think, okay, I get paid on the 20th, for example. So every 20th or day around the 20th, we go through what we've been paid, what the expenses are for this month and what we have left over to spend and separate everything out from there. All of these methods should help you do the same thing, which is achieve your financial goals. And it all needs to be personalised to you. Know yourself, invest in yourself, not just in your finances and your personal development as well to figure out what you want and what's going to be most helpful to you. And that will be the key to achieving your goals in 2023, that is going to be the key, I promise you. I'm keen to make this a little series, a little budgeting series, so please message me with anything you want me to go more in depth into, uh, voice message me, I'll voice message back, answering any questions on Instagram, and I can't wait to talk to you again. Thanks for listening guys, see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The One Up Project. If you want to find more stuff just like this, check out our other apps or follow us at The One Up Project on Instagram or TikTok. See you there. Just a quick disclaimer that The One Up Project is an educational platform that provides information that is general in nature. There may be opinions or an individual's experience within this resource that should not be considered as recommendations or personal advice. Everyone's financial situation is so different and you must use the information within this resource at your own risk. Please complete your own due diligence before making any decisions based on the information in this resource. I'm not a financial advisor and if you require expert advice, then please seek advice from a professional.